This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Podcast, 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 podcast. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Dysnomics Podcast. I'm joined by a very special guest. She, hey. she goes by the name of Iman. Iman, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Oh, yeah, I'm not too bad, not too bad. Just try not to melt like like ice cream. In it's just heat. like raining. Do you know what? It, I'm not sure if it really rained in my ends. I woke up and it felt a bit cool. But Where do you live? South? No, God forbid, Stratford. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. I'm in like I'm in like King's Cross, so it's like central. That's where we get all the rain and the snow and everything. <laughs> so, what have you been up to recently? What haven't I been up to? That's mm. the question. Um, I've been working. So, um, a lot of people don't know I still have a nine to five. Oh, swear down. Yeah, a lot of people don't know this. I still have a nine to five, um, but they're super flexible and super understanding about my needs to become a superwoman. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I basically started my own PR agency called Lima Coms. When did you start that? Um, it's been in the works for a year. Okay. And I was going to launch it in two years. And then loads of things, just positive things happened. And I was like, I need to launch it prematurely. Mm. I, I just need to do it. I just need to stop putting it off. Yeah. And it's been the best decision I've ever made. Wicked, wicked. So, um, what made you want to get into PR? So, like, what's your background? How do you kind of fall into that or um, pursue that, shall I say? Um, yeah. So, I I always kind of, like, I was really talkative as a child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can you believe it? Um, so, yeah, I was really talkative as a child. And then my parents were just like, yeah, you should be a lawyer, um, because you could talk your way out of arguments and all of this, and da, da, da. and I was just like, lawyer, that sounds hella boring. Mm. And I was also into fashion, I was also into beauty, so I was just like, oh, I'm going to become a journalist, um, because I, I thought that's the only way, like, as a black woman, could get into the industry. I was like, I'm too fat to be a model, um, because back then, that's all that was in the industry. You're, yeah, you're really, model, really, or, really, really tiny. No, legit. You're either a model or I don't know what else, like there were, or photographer. Like there wasn't that many roles you hear about. So, um, I, so when it got to like A levels, um, I basically made the decision that I'm gonna go to uni and study fashion journalism. And so I did a year of fashion journalism at UAL. Um, no, a year of journalism, which was straight journalism at UAL. And then um, I hated the course. I don't know what it is about university courses. Yeah. Mm. But why do they make a subject so boring? Yeah. So boring. Did you go to uni? Yeah, I did, I did. And yeah, did I thought, studied economics and some of the modules were literally just so dull, so dull. 
Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Hell, my job was basically math. So I was like, this is not, I didn't, this is not what I signed up for. But. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But we moved. Just math. Oh my god. Yeah. So that's what happened. Journalism was boring. So we did like the back, the history of journalism. We did um, like how to sue people, um, how to not get sued, defamation, all of these things, which is now really handy because yeah. I, can sue, I, I know <laughs> if I could sue someone or not, which is really great. Um, but it just wasn't interesting. And I was like, this is not for me. And then I found out the salary of a journalist. And I was like, how am I supposed to buy Gucci if I... <laughs> li- like, it- I was like... I think reality hit me. It was like, this is how much rent is. This is how much my salary is. My whole rent would be my salary. Mm. And I was like, there's no way. How am I supposed to enjoy and live my best life? So I just remember having a meeting with... Um, my lecturer at the time and being like, I don't think this is for me. He's like, have you considered PR? You're really personable. Like you've got great personality. So like PR would be great for you. So I was like, okay, cool. So I transferred to PR and then <laughs> I hated the course again. <laughs> like I said, they make courses so boring. Like they honestly, like it was like, they were talking, focusing on like BP and like corporate side of PR and I was like where's the fun stuff where's the events where's the influencers so basically I took the matters into my own hands and I started interning mm-hmm. so I still was doing my course I was interning at the same time at multiple places and I was like you know what this is for me and you know very quickly you know there's a lot of stuff I did a lot of internships and quickly after that um I graduated in a PR I, I never looked at my grades for my degree I didn't care mm-hmm. um I had the experience. I was like, I'm going to get a job. Yeah. Six months by, no job. <laughs> My mom's looking at me like, why are you still in H&M retail? Yeah. What's going on? Um, so I ended up actually getting my first role in PR at a company called M&Co, which is actually going into liquidation as we speak. Um, yeah, so basically I got my first job there and a black woman hired me. Okay. And I Love remember her... It. Yeah, and I was like, tell why did you hire me? I don't feel like I had as much experience as other girls like who'd like done one year in an actual role. And she was just like, you just had a good personality and that's all you need for PR. And I just felt like you'd get along with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I was in fashion PR for a while. Um, and then afterwards, I was made redundant really shortly after that. And then I ended up doing, this is the most random job I've ever done. Um, I was social media manager for the film The Intent To. Okay. <laughs> off-brand moment <laughs> have you watched it yeah i have be back huh be back bye <laughs> <laughs> is, is that the one when they go to jamaica yeah oh bruv that film man was shooting like they were in like they were in the cia in the cia i was like oh my god i can't very lie. entertaining though very entertaining though and had all my faves. it had all my faves so yeah, no, it was entertaining to be on set. I like, I got to like touch a gun for the first time. Um, no, it was very entertaining and it helped me kind of build relationships within the music industry, which I didn't know would be so beneficial later on in my life. What? Um, so yeah, I ended up doing that. And then also shortly after that, I went into another fashion role for phase A. I didn't like phase A. Um, and so I ended up going into beauty and I was like, this is me. Like beauty is me. Mm. It's a lot more fun and it's, very different so i ended up working for like an agency that dealt with brands like fenty revlon beauty bakery lion you name the brands i've basically worked with them Mm. and yeah from then it just grew i started working with influencers press 
I did events. I would like fly to Ireland for a day, then come back and then be doing the Fenty launch event. It was so fun. And it's like the best decision I've ever made stepping into the beauty industry, basically. Um, But yeah, I guess that's me. Okay, so for the people who don't understand what PR is and why it's important, help help us give us a gist. Like, why? What is PR? Why is it so important? So, essentially, people get PR and marketing very confused, mm-hmm. and they think they're very similar. PR is more like you're deliberately trying to cut you're deliberately trying to boost the reputation of kind of a brand or an organization or an individual. Yes. So, whereas marketing, I feel like, you know, you're using like like paid strategies to do that. Um, So basically, how I describe PR to my girls, like that I mentor and stuff, is that let's say, um, let's say, for example, Pepsi are releasing a new drink. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, the drink might actually just be shit or whatever. They need to deliberately push that the drink is great. So that's what they do through many different forms, which is press coverage, which is kind of like essentially what like PRs do and talk to press. And then influencer coverage, which is kind of like a more recent thing. But that is a very essential part of my role. So that is what PR is. And I think that PR is so beneficial because, if you want brand awareness, PR is the best way to do it. Rather than paying for ads, which aren't convincing, you can kind of like organically gain that through mm. PR. Yeah, no, no, that's a very, that's a very good. Thing. I think talk to talk to talk to us about the 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 rise of the influencer market because it's been some years now. Now you see like it's a fully fledged industry. There's so many people doing great things, working with big brands, and they are very, very, very influential oh hence the name influencer so yeah what's your thoughts on influencer market and what have you seen that's changed over the years if anything i feel like when i first started influencers were like yeah we know like you know they're beneficial but we don't know their level of influence and i feel like it got to a point like halfway through my career i was like oh my god influencers are so influential that we need to work with them and now i feel like we're at a point where like when I work with brands and stuff, they're like, yeah, influencers are important, but have you heard of like micro influencers and just like people like podcasters and stuff? They're like, they're more influential actually. And I feel like that's just how society is constantly changing. Um, I feel like at the start it was like, it wasn't transparent as it is right now. Like you're hearing how much influencers are getting paid and people, everyone thinks they can be an influencer and I feel like that's what puts people off kind of, like, relating to, like, the bigger influences and the ones mm. that you used to have. It. Like, I feel like numbers mean nothing when it comes to influence. It's just, it's literally just you as a person. Like, I could influence someone's purchase decision, or like, organically. And it's how you do it and how people relate to you. Um, I, do you know what? I love working with influencers. That's my bag. Like, mm. I've always said, like, press, for me, is a given, but influencers they really make an impact on sales like i remember once i was working with an influencer we paid her um i think it was 20k for one instagram post and this was a gamble because we were like you know she's she might not convert literally as soon as she posted she did the post i was sitting in the room with the brand and they're literally like we could see the sales going up going up going up going up going up going up and so it was fully sold out wow Um, so that is how in, impactful influencers are. However, a lot of people 
they don't pick the right influencers. You don't mm. look at the analytics. You don't look at... There's a lot that goes into it. I feel like people think PR is just us going to fancy dinners and booking cars and stuff. <laughs> I'm saying they're looking at brand analytics and influence analytics and trying to make sure they're aligned with a brand and make sure they're right for the brand. Because you could just... Okay, you could pick, like... I'm just going to say Patricia Bright because everybody lo- loves Patricia Bright. Yeah. You could pick Patricia Bright for your brand and it just won't work because... It just doesn't align with her and it doesn't align with you guys. Mm. And also the types of content you get influencers to create. Some influencers are better in-feed than they are on stories. So why are you paying them for stories when you should be paying them for in-feed content? So there's a lot that goes into influencer marketing. And I feel like people need to also put some a lot of respect on them because they do a lot for a lot of brands. Like yeah, of a course. Lot of brands, like, I feel like a lot of people, I see a lot of slack. It's a jealousy um, thing, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, you guys don't even know half of what... Because as a PR, for me personally, I like, I'm, let's say I'm dealing with one brand and I'm messaging an influencer about one brand and doing content for one brand, and then I'm like, no, you need to amend this, you need to amend that. And then influencers are working with like six brands who need to do that, for example. They need to amend it, refilm, reshoot. There's contracts. You've got to attend events. You've got to be sociable. A lot goes into it, and... Um, yeah, I respect influencers highly and I love working with them. Yeah, so do I. Like, I love seeing them doing their thing. So when you spoke about the analytics, so I'm assuming the analytics over time has changed as we've got more and more information and social media is developed. Because before, there weren't stories before, but now there's yeah. stories. There's all sorts of stuff. So what, as somebody who's very good at their job by all accounts, <laughs> what are the things that you look at? So... What do I, so first things first, depending on the what it literally depends on what the brand's aims are. So let's say their aim is reach. We would look at how many followers they have on um in Instagram and you know, it would probably be if they're they're like, we just want to reach as many people as possible and we want them to see it for as long as possible. So then that would be something we'd look at main feed. So we'll look at getting them to create main feed content, um, just in-feed content, because that is permanent. A lot of their followers are going to see it a lot more because I've noticed that certain people, they get more views on their stories than they get on their main feed and vice versa. Mm. Um, Stories, obviously, whenever we like, we look at engagement for stories pretty much. We need to see people responding back like, oh my God, I bought this because of that. Basically, the male made me do it effect. That's what we look for. Mm. We look at, oh my God, yeah, I'm going to purchase that screenshot. Oh no, I'm not going to purchase that screenshot. Like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then we see that people have swiped up as well. Swipe ups are so important. Like, if, you know, you're an influencer and you're looking to, you know, get the bag, get to 10K and get your swipe up because once you get a swipe up, the brand deals are going to come, even if you're just on 10K. Mm. Because we look at swipe ups and then we get to see how many people have swiped up, how many conversions that's created, how many sales has been made. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are also very entitled when it comes to being an influencer. You know, I'm not trying to be rude. Um, oh, speak, 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 speak of truth, queen. <laughs> <laughs> they think they're deserving of the bag because, let's say you know, they get loads of views on, like, their stories. That doesn't mean you're deserving. Are you converting for mm. us? Just because you get the views, just because you get the swipe-ups, are people converting? Because we get to, we literally see people go on the landing page, let's say, because we give every influencer a link whenever they do an Instagram story for us. Mm. So that's their own personal link that we can track whether people are purchasing or not. 
So if you're just on, people are just landing on the page and not purchasing, we need to think about, okay, why is that? Is that us from our end? Or is it you? Mm. A majority of the time it is you. Maybe you did, you know, talk about the content in a way that was desirable enough. People just had a quick look and they were like, mm, nah, this ain't it. Sometimes it can be us. We could like done something with the page, the digital team that they've done something. I don't know. There's multiple things that go into it. But I feel like with the analytics, there's so many things we look into. It's not as straightforward as this girl has loads of followers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish it was because then it makes my job easier. Like I just put loads of people with high reach to brands and that's not it. Like a lot of the brands I work for, like some of the global, massive global brands are like, we just want micro influencers. So what's a micro influencer? What's the, um, the, what numbers do you have to be on to be a micro influencer? Oh, it really depends. Like, I think it depends what platform you're on. Okay, so, yeah. nano influencers. So, nano influencers are smaller than micros. Yeah, they're like people that have like from one thousand till about ten k followers. Those are nanos. Ah, so even if they're young, ten k man's still a nano. Yeah, you're still a nano. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> They're still small. And then um, then micros will probably be like from 10K to about, you know, we're going to like 50K, maybe towards 100K. Wait, 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 wait. So man's got 99,000 followers. And man are telling me man's a micro. <laughs> you could still, it depends what platform you look at. It depends what brand this mm. is for as well. Okay, cool, cool. And cool. then you go into like, you know, the macro influencers. And they're like, you know, the 100k onwards to 100,000 and then we have the megas the mega influencers are your 1 million club they're, mm. they're all on 1 million um you know they've just got crazy reach but the thing is the higher um your you know your followers are the less engagement you get mm. so the industry standard is 3% um and you know a majority of people that are on 1 million followers they're on like three percent because you can't engage with everybody once you have that many followers mm. if you can that's amazing and you know if you're above three percent and you have one million followers that's why brands will work with you um but like like let's say for example like me i've got like what like 4k followers um my engagement is like 13 percent, but that's normal because i've only got that four like four thousand followers like i can engage with more people the higher my instagram and my followers grow the less my my engagement goes down. So where's the engagement? So is that comments, likes? That's likes and comments mostly. Okay. Um. Yeah. That like you know you can't engage with like people will engage with you, but then you can't engage with all of them as well. Yeah. Um. And you know, so I've noticed like people with like a higher reach and stuff. People are engaging with different types of content. So I've realised with a lot of influencers, um that are desirable to work with people are more invested in like their relationships and their personal life than they are in beauty content because there's so much beauty content out there okay it's like really saturated so when they do like a post like relationship goals you will see like because we have this system which basically tells you how like if i was looking for an influencer for example we'll look at what post has the most likes that they've ever done and i was looking at some girl and they were like yeah she'll be great for beauty content her top five posts were her and her partner. Okay. And I was like, yikes. Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know how to present this. Um, but that's because there's so much content out there at the moment. People are just more invested in personal lives. Okay, cool. So in terms of like people building up their audiences, 
what mm-hmm. I've noticed is like some of the best ways that people build up their audiences. Like, what are the most effective tools that you've seen in your experience? I think, at the, like I said, um, you know, a lot of, there is so much content out there and it's kind of knowing what audience is like. And I think the best way I've seen it is people tailoring their content to what their audience actually likes. Mm-hmm. So, and doing things that are different. Like, um, I've seen girls start doing kind of like these dressy fashion hauls with music in the background that's very quick. Everybody likes, nowadays, we like to consume content that is quick. Like, we, mm. like it to be less than five minutes or we're not interested. Like, that is really unfortunate for us. But yeah. like, Yeah, we're done out. Yeah, like, I, I, I'll sit, I'll, the only time I think I've watched over 10 minutes of content is on a treadmill. Um, mm. That is, people want to see quick content. So that's why I feel like, you know, Instagram stories, TikTok, Reels right now, they're popping and, you know, that's what people like. So that has been a great way for people to build their audiences. I've noticed, like, TikTok, oh my God, like, I'm spending, like, I have one of my clients, I'm spending about 15 grand a month on paying influencers to do content. Um, because they're just like, people are just so engaged with TikTok content at the mm. moment. Um, because we just want quick content. Okay, you've told me what this is, where I can get it, done. Mm. Just like that kind of thing. So I feel like that's been the best way people have been growing their audiences. And also personality. People are now starting to, like, people are now really starting to see through people and, like, being completely transparent. People like people that are transparent. They're like genuine people. This is why couples, channels, family channels, they are popping at the moment. Um, family vlogs, all of that. All those relationship goals type pages. Unfortunately, those are popping. So I, I always feel I actually hate them. Uh, do you see the page, <laughs> Me and Somebody's Son? That, needs, that page needs to go. Needs Some to- of us are still... <laughs> Because I can't escape it every day. Me and somebody's son. Don't you be no, But that page, that page, give it a year, could be doing brand deals with like... I know, I don't know. Yeah, facts. Tinder or I don't know. Like, those pages are popping at the moment. And that's because people feel like they can relate. Especially, like, I feel like there's a... Especially being, like, single, It's like it seems like a huge market and people are always, like, targeting single people. So those pages seem to be working for some reason. Mm. And, um, yeah, people are just really invested in people's personal lives, which I completely hate because I feel like with certain influencers that I speak to, like, my influencer mates, they're like, right, I don't know where the fine line is anymore. I don't know if I'm oversharing or undersharing because people want so much from me now. Mm. And then also people start taking the piss because they'll be like know oh because her man hasn't posted her in eight weeks oh they're not together anymore and then that's when hey we i've I've heard so much stuff and like people and then also viewers and people start to feel really entitled yeah of content like we you deserve to give us this why have you not shown us your pregnancy journey why have you not shown i've seen it all honestly how dare you hide your wedding day from us um that's mad so I feel like, you know, that it's hard for, I feel like it's very hard for influencers to have that balance. Um, you know, I respect those that are very private about their lives and only post, you know, that kind of content, like, you know, makeup or fashion and they stick by it. I honestly highly respect them. But a lot of them come to me with frustration and like, hey man, I haven't had a deal throughout lockdown. And I'm like, babe, you should have been doing fitness content or something because that's <laughs> what you wanted to see. 
you unfortunately you need to evolve with the times as yeah. well so it's really i feel for them but it as well as a from a brand perspective i'm just like evolve you've got to evolve okay um so when it comes to influencers and getting paid do you feel like um so from your experience is there like an actual like an industry standard or are people kind of playing it by ear so certain brands are willing to pay the same influencer a lot more than other brands and is this lack of information causing some influencers to lose out on what they could potentially get yeah i do think there is a lot of lack of information and I need to, okay, I feel like I need to explain to people how this, how the money works, how the pot works. Mm. So I get a budget. I get a budget and then they're like, they give us the goal, the aim, and they're like, we want loads of like mega influence. We want a few mega influencers, lots of micro influencers to spread the budget. So we basically go to the mega influencers first because we know that they're going to, their price is going to be max. Mm. And then we negotiate that down. And usually when we negotiate with mega influencers, we already know their worth. A lot of times we've worked with them before. We know what they're capable of. And that's why we go to certain people. Yes, there are favourites because they get the job done. Mm. Because it's not rude. Because we know that they're going to deliver and we know what kind of results they're going to deliver. And then people feel like they should be getting mega influencers money because, again, there is a lack of education. You know, we're not going to pay you 10k for you know, a post just because you feel like you've got more engagement than this mega influencer when this mega influencer has proved themselves already with us. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so then we we have the part, we've gone to the mega influencers, then we've, like, they've taken a majority of the budget. A lot of the time they take half the budget. So then we spread it out between the micro-influencers. So whenever we email micro-influencers, it'll be like, hey, this is how much budget we've got for you. Can you do this? A lot of people, obviously, we always have a leeway for negotiation and we only know there's only so much we can give into. Um, like, we, we always try and see it, like, what what would they charge? What is their worth? Like, I've had people come back and they're like, they don't have that many followers, but they've got decent engagement. And they'll be like, yeah, that's going to be 5K per story. And I'm like, you're not even worth 1K. Mm. And it's just like, but I feel like because they've spoken to other people and like, yeah, I charge this much, so they're like, yeah, I should charge this much. Mm. But there's a lot of additional factors that go into it. I feel like there needs to be some sort of conversation and there needs to be transparency. But, you know, you know, there's that page at the moment, which is like... Yeah. Yeah. That page, it just... There's not enough context, unfortunately. Like, I'm seeing a lot of people, they're like, yeah, I got paid this much for this, Um, I don't know, this L'Oreal campaign, for example... I got paid this much and I've got this many amount of followers. And then like, oh my God, I did the same campaign, I got paid up. But there's not enough context. What were the deliverables? The deliverables are so important. We could have, one person could have been told to post on Instagram, post a BTS, do a YouTube video. And obviously they're going to get a lot more if they're doing that. Another person could have just been like, okay, you just turn up for the shoot. And that's it. Obviously you're going to get a lot less. Yeah, word. So I feel like there's a lot of context and you need to know what the deliverables are. Yes, there are PRs and companies that take the piss. I'm not going to lie. Um, but a majority of the time, we're doing it within reason. We're not taking the piss within reason, but we're doing what we're doing within reason because we also know what you're worth. Even though you think you know what you're worth, we also know what you're worth. Mm. Because a lot of the time, it's also a big gamble for us to put a lot of money, especially on 
a micro influencer and we don't know what the outcome is going to be. Someone that we've never worked with before, by the way. Um, and we don't know what it's going to be. It's a lot. It's a big gamble because end of the day, when I have to do my reports and I'm reporting back to, I don't know, Fenty, LVM, H, and I'm like, yeah, I spent 50K. And they're like, well, we haven't had 50K in return. So what did you do with that 50K on that influencer? Yeah. True. And, you know, it, everything is really, it is very, like, strategic, unfortunately. And I think with influencers, I, I say speak to PRs, you know. Honestly, when you go out, like, when you get an email from a PR, build relationship with PRs. Like, I have a lot of relationships with my influencer mates. So even before a brand deal goes out, I'm like, babe, I've got this much to spend. Is this going to be okay with you? Once you get into then they'll be like, babe, honestly, I'm not going to take any less than this. And then I'll be like, okay, cool. I'll go back to the brand and I'll be like, look, she's not going to take any more than this. Can we stretch the budget? Can we move something from the retainer? Because sometimes if we really want to, we will find a way to pay you. Mm. We will find ways. I'll be up in the retainer. I'll be like, this month, no cars. Nobody's getting a car this month mm. because we're going to be paying X person that amount. Um, so yeah, I hope that's explained it. No, it has, it has. Um, another question I wanted to ask is, um, when it comes to influencers, so I've seen some influencers um, voice their concerns and um, on the experiences that they believe that because as a black influencer, they mm-hmm. are getting shortchanged. Is this something that you've seen? Is this like a valid concern? Is it a big issue? Like, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I, okay. I, I am one of, in the beauty industry, I am one of 20 current black PRs and which is really disgusting because if you think about how many PR agencies and brands there are out there it's crazy and I have been I've worked for an agency where I've been the only black woman Mm. and I haven't it's not a okay I don't want to you know take that side it's not deliberate but honestly I have been in rooms when they have asked we need you know a black woman for a campaign and they've been like Iman and I'm like I'm sorry am I the only person that's supposed to know black women so <laughs> so like, okay so it's just like a lack of just so it's a lack, lack of not like to, to be honest they don't, first of all they don't even know black influencers a mm. lot of PRs some of them do know and you know but they've worked with these white influencers before and also like I've realised that a lot of white influencers the way that you know their management pitches for them and delivers their results and stuff you know, you're like, okay, I want to work with you. Do you know what I mean? And it's very professional. I'm not saying, like, influencers are not professional. Like, please, guys, don't come and bash me. Don't come and fight me, please. Mm. Because I've worked with really good black influencers that, you know. But I just feel like their argument is valid, but it's not deliberate. It's not deliberate that they're short paying you. They literally, like, some people... I've seen them complain about this, but I'm like, your content isn't that great. Oh, my that I'm not even being rude, but I'm like, your content isn't that great. It hasn't changed. Like, that's why they're short paying you because, you know, they want to, you know, give you the opportunity, but they don't think your content's that great and you need to prove it to them. You need to prove that you are creating great content. Um, You know, I have seen, you know, I have seen, you know, there was, you know, during the BLM movement um, that month, um, you know, there was a lot of people coming out and exposing brands and stuff. And one of the brands that they exposed, I was like not surprised by because some of the one of the brands was based has I've heard in the grapevine in the PR industry has said, Oh, we don't like to pay black influencers. They don't Jesus. suit our shoes. 
um, we're never going to pay them like they're worth. Like I've heard it in the industry. Um, that's basically their thing. So, you know, there are certain companies that are like that, but a majority of the mega companies, you know, they're not like that. And I really try and encourage, you know, influencers when they come to me, align yourselves with good companies. Um, you know, the big, the big corporate machines, they're more likely to pay you your worth. Mm. And a lot of the time, I feel bad because a lot of the time I've sat in meetings and they pick the same white girls over and over again. And I'm here fighting for my black girls. And it's because they just, I don't know what it is. They just, they're not clued up on the black influencers. No visibility. Yeah, none at all. And like, for them, like, they follow the black influencers that are palatable to the white market. They're not following the black influencers that, you know, the day-to-day ones that we see every single day, which is so unfortunate. They just follow the ones that are, you know, kind of luxe and, you know... Okay. So, like, they would appeal to that audience, um, which is really sad, you know, and then the ones that do appeal to kind of, like, I guess the more Gen Z audience, they always go for, like, the mixed-race girl with, like, great curly hair, um, who's, like, really cute and could be shy, could be friendly. I've seen it all. Honestly, I have seen it all. And then there's, you know certain black influencers you know you know they they will kill it in this campaign but because she's not like oh sweet and innocent she's more outgoing she's more loud they're not going to pick her and i find that really sad but yeah i i just want to say like for black if there's any black influencers listening it's not a deliberate thing but it is something that everyone in the industry especially in fashion and beauty are very aware of and, you know, I've had conversations with some big brands um, and I've done consulting sessions with them and they're like, no, we're actually aware of this and we're going to try and sort this out. So do you think having more black PRs helps address this? Absolutely. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Like I have a group chat with um, a majority of the black PRs in the UK. And like we sit there and we're literally like, um, guys, like what influences do you think we should work with? Should we work with this girl, this black girl, whatever, whatever? Um, and we're always trying to like encourage like we'll be like have you guys met this black girl she's really lit at skincare for example make sure you guys use her for your skincare campaigns mm. like we're very clued up and in the know and I realised when I was working at my old agency and I was um, I bought all the black girls in I remember I did a dinner yeah for Primark yeah oh my god all the girls that left that dinner they went to an event with um an, another brand a very luxe brand and they said no we wanted to come back to primark because primark was lit it was all black girls we all had a good time mm. we're listening to city girls we're saying singing a a a great results for the client the client was completely happy but that's because i was the only black girl in that in that office and i was able to provide that because i knew everyone and it made it easier. And when there's not the, you know, you don't see people that look like you, you'll feel intimidated even to email a PR for a sample because you're like, oh, she, Becky's not going to give me a sample. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, a lot of, I've had a lot of girls be like, oh my God, since I heard that you work, and since I saw your surname, since I heard that you work for this agency, I had to reach out because I knew you were going to help me. And, you know, for me, that was also an issue when I left that agency a lot of people are like, but you were doing it for us. You were doing it for the community. I was like, I'm sorry, personal growth. And sorry, they weren't paying me enough. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> they were not paying me enough for the stress. I, I had the entire black community on my back. But I was like, I, I hate to say it, but I would like more money. And yeah. it's a lot. Um, but yeah, 
hopefully there's more black PRs that come up. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Okay, so with, like, obviously the last few months, COVID has been slapping us up and down, up and down, up and down since, like, February, March. And we've only just come out of lockdown for the last month. So has that impacted your business? Has that impacted the influence on market negatively or for the better, or is it the same? Yes. So um, in terms of influencers, we had, we had literally just before COVID hit, we were, like, all in talks with, like, all my clients and all the PRs that I spoke to, they were like, I think we're going to have to put all our campaigns on hold because we just didn't know what direction things were going to go. Um, so we put basically every campaign on hold, which I feel is so bad because that means full-time influencers have no income coming in. Mm. And I know like that was across a lot of companies, um, a lot of especially beauty brands and fashion brands. However, sorry, however, beauty has thrived so much Um but it was all organic. Like, all of it was really organic. Like, women were buying more skincare. I'm sure men, too, were doing lockdown. I don't know, beard oil, whatever. You guys, everybody was looking after themselves, basically, during lockdown. And um, so, as, you know, for the beauty brand, we started to see a lot of organic traffic. So, when that happens, we're just like, we don't really need to pay someone to give us the traffic that we've already kind of gained organically. So, which meant that a lot of influencers weren't getting paid. Um you know, press-wise, it was kind of the same. It was just different because we didn't get to do events, which is what usually kind of drives our um, coverage. But we had to think outside the box. You know, I saw a few brands send out, like, drinks um, to press, and they were, like, doing cocktail nights, like, make your own cocktails at home. So those kind of things were helpful and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and then now things, are kind of, I guess, are, like, getting better. Um, there's still a lot of, like, brands that are putting things on hold because I think they've kind of realised is, do we need that many influencers? Do we need to be paying this many people when, you know, organically we can achieve this if maybe we did a bit more of that? Um, and also, it's been good good for brands to see, like, different aspects they can tap into. Like, I've seen a lot of brands or fashion brands tap into um, fitness, for example, mm. and align themselves with fitness influencers um, and do like, you know, they're a beauty brand, but they're lining themselves with fitness because everybody was doing home workouts, for example. And I think the industry has um, kind of realised that, raw, do we actually need fashion week? Raw, do we actually like, mm. like, do we actually need to be spending over 100,000 at fashion week when we could do virtual things, when virtual events still work, when we, like, I've had one of my clients for my... Um, mentoring program they've just said they've just announced that they're getting rid of their office for the rest of the year like they're not going to have an office okay. but that also means there's a lack of internship opportunities for junior level PRs oh true but that means they save money as a company on rent so like there's just been a lot of like it's put a lot of things into perspective I feel like as a whole um I do feel like I think things are picking up now for influencers but I do feel like brands are very aware of what they can do organically at the moment and what and what budgets are saying because we don't know if we're going to go into a second lockdown. Mm. Um, and now, you know, especially for beauty brands, usually we go into stores, we want to, you know, get shade matched and stuff. People can't do that. We need to find a way of doing it virtually now, all online. It needs to be accurate. So people are definitely tapping into... The, like online a lot more i think i saw an article which was like the internet has like grown quicker than it it was ever predicted to within five years or some ridiculous shit and i was just like it's true because we're doing everything virtually Facts. and a, 
And like, you know, my friend, like she works for YouTube and she's like, babe, I'm not going back to work till, uh, in the office till June. And I'm like, what? I'm like, well, so what are we supposed to do till June? <laughs> she's like, no events basically until June. I'm like, what? Wow. Like, this is insane. Um, but yeah, I just, but do you know what? It's been, for me, it's been good and bad, you know, to see how everyone's been thinking outside the box. Um, and you get the opportunity to work from home for the first time ever. And, you know, I, I've had, like, my nine-to-five has been like, oh, you know, what? Like, I don't think I need you in the office that often. I was like, but fantastic, that's yeah. great. Yeah, that's good for you. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, cool. Another question I wanted to ask you. Um, I've seen some guys online who are like, they want to get into the influencer bag and they mm-hmm. like, are oh, so difficult as a black man to be influencer. Um do you agree with that? Do you work with many male influencers? What do you think of like the male influencer um thing? For lack of I mean what brands do you wanna like also what brands do you wanna align yourselves with? Like I have seen like male influencers. Um a friend of mine, he started off doing like just fashion. So I started off like just fashion, like posting his outfits and then you know, tagging, which you should be doing tagging, um, and then like you eventually Top Shop Man, for example, reached out, started going gifting from gifting, paid opportunities. And I feel like, what do men also want to see? Because is your target, who's your target audience? Mm. Are you targeting other men or are you targeting women? Um, women will probably be like, what's your skincare routine? Like, they don't care for your outfit. What's your skincare <laughs> um, So you've got to think about that. Like, who are you targeting? Also, like, what kind of content you want to do? Like, let's say it's cars. Um, Add cars, like post about the cars, talk like do car reviews, stuff like that. I'm giving so many gems away right now. Mm. But um, you know, tag the brands, um, find out who the PRs are for that brand, reached out, especially if you've got like, you know, the following and stuff. I feel like with males there is so much you guys can do, but I feel like I don't know, maybe you can answer this for me. Are you guys scared? Like I can't lie, certain things just aren't a bit wavy, like it's a bit corny. Yeah, because like my, my friends have been telling me to tag what I wear. I'm like, why am I tagging fucking Balenciaga? Like I bought I went to the store and bought it. Like it, it just doesn't register in my head. But Okay, this like, sounds funny, but okay, let's say you tag Balenciaga and Balenciaga is stopped on matchesfashion.com. Yeah. Matches Fashion are looking for, I don't know, male influencers for a campaign. They see they come across your page and they're like, Oh, he actually wears luxury clothes. That'd be he'll be great for a campaign that we do. Okay, okay, well, we tag- that is how it works. Okay, because I was thinking, I've always thought, like, why why, why are people tagging stuff? Like, bruv, like, it just didn't make sense. <laughs> I feel like, what? Because I'm thinking, I don't know, this is just maybe just just how we grew up, and I'm thinking, it feels like, um, it looks like it's a bit too showy. I bought it myself, they didn't give it to me, so I'm thinking, like, and I think also guys are probably just a bit, like, afraid of just getting dissed by their, <laughs> by their peers <laughs> and stuff like that. But, um, I can't lie, that's mad. But when you're earning 10k for an Instagram post, he's laughing. Yeah, me, I'm about to go do handstands outside and take a picture of <laughs> But um, no, but I think also another thing is that I think like some guys, from what I've seen, I'm like, guys are not going to care about the content you're putting up. And I think that's the issue. Like, I said, like, if you're doing skincare as a guy, mm-hmm. I can't think of one guy I know that will ever watch a man do a skincare video or any skincare videos whatsoever. Like, we ask girls, girls have to go buy the products. We buy them and we don't use them. (laughs) (laughs) No, that makes sense. So why don't you do, like, why don't men do content that tailors to men? So, like, 
I don't know, men like cars in it. So yeah, do car reviews. Yeah, that's 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 what I think a lot of more guys should do. So I've got like a couple of friends who love cars, and I'm like, bro. Start doing a YouTube on cars or on instant cars. That, that's your that's your bag. You get me off. It's football. That's your bag off. It's fitness. That's your bag. But I think if you're gonna do like, if I feel like maybe some guys feel like, okay, let me just do what I see that mm-hmm. women influencers do, and I don't think that necessarily translates because, as you said, the audiences are different. The audience is very different. Like, and also like, I've seen guys like, for example, do fitness content, and like, like you said, don't tag. I'm like, yeah, wow, lol. Mm. Um, because how are we supposed to find you? Like, I've seen so many guys, I've seen them, like, do fitness content and they're wearing Nike. All I see is Nike, 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 Nike. You're wearing Nike. But you haven't tagged Nike. And also, Nike is looked after, like, with, like, three agencies. So one of, I used to work for an agency that actually used to look after Nike. And they would go on the Nike page, Nike London page, look at the brand tag, and then that's how they pick influencers. Okay. So you guys aren't even tagging, like, the relevant tags. Also, a little bit of research will go such a long way. Let's say you've, like, been tagging, you've been consistent, you, you've got your mates in the comments like, bro, I don't know, love the leggings, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, you've got, like, make sure people, t- you're commenting as well on the post, I would highly recommend, um, engaging. And then you're like, you know what, like, loads of people are engaging with my content. Do your Googles, find out who looks after Nike in the UK. Okay, that's Exposure London. There you go, I've given you guys a gem. Mm. Um, who looks after, you know, go on LinkedIn, find out. You literally find out their email address within like five minutes. Reach out to them. Look, I've done X, Y, Z. We work together on like a gifting basis. From gifting, you get paid. From paid, then other brands will start reaching out. Then you see their competitors. Adidas start reaching out. Puma start reaching out. That's how it literally works. It literally grows like that. Okay. Um, so I feel like men are just... I, honestly, I think bottom line, it's just you're scared of what your mates are going to say. That's a Fendi fact. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you know what it's like to get... A guy in my group chat got cooked for what he wore to deal to like an event for three days. <laughs> three, 72 hours, we were cooking this guy. Like, so I, I think it's a bit of that, but I feel like, as you said, you just got to... Well, like, you, you just got to do it, fam. You've got to think about the bag. Like, honestly, I, I think I used to, um, I used to actually do YouTube when I was like in my younger days. I see YouTube and I used to be like, nah, I actually can't. I got to a point where I was like in my career, I was like, I can't do this no more. Like, imagine going to a meeting or, and then someone's like, oh, I watch you on YouTube. That's, I was like, that's embarrassing. And then my girls used to be like, bro, how are you putting all this content out? Mm. Are you not ashamed of yourself? I stopped doing it. Bro, I could have been in the bag right now. I yeah, it's true. Bag. Instead, I'm here working. Imagine working nine to five. Imagine <laughs> where I could have just been on YouTube, just here talking, and I could be making money to talk. Yeah, we're doing your thing now. So see, see how good works. See, see well, yeah, that that part too. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just yeah, I feel like guys, there's so much you guys to do. If obviously, if you don't want it to be like the female, you're targeting the females. Don't do skincare, do fitness. Okay, not fitness. Cars. What else is there? Football. There's so many opportunities. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You just got to tell it to your audience. You can't just be out here just thinking you can just copy and paste what you see, I don't know, Lena Rose do. It's not, it's not going to bang oh, like that. It's not going to bang like that. Like, I've seen so many guys trying to do Lena Rose does, and I'm like... <clears throat> yeah. It's not, that's not how it works. Like, Nella's special. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like, Nella's... Like, she's got her... Like, her personality is just so Nella. Mm. 
Um, so yeah. So anyways, this year I look forward to your post after this. <sighs> Do you think I don't even post like that? Do you know what I mean? I actually. You know what? I'm gonna follow you, and then I'm gonna be like tag question mark question mark question mark. I'll, I'll actually Every call the police. Post. I'll call the instant police. <laughs> Come and collect you. No, but I'm, I want to get onto it. Okay, cool. Um, where can people find you? Do you want them to find you on your socials? Find me if you want. Um, but yeah, I'm at Imar Layla on Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you need any help with, you know, influencer social stuff, I charge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you should. Um, no, do you know what? Yeah, a lot of times I actually do it for free. Um, I'm not going to lie. I do it for free a lot of times because... I, I just I, I'm one of those people I don't mind giving out advice and stuff and all that like I'm very cool but like if you want me to like you know go through your socials and set, align you with brands yeah I definitely charge for that yeah well, you have to uh, but yeah find me on Instagram um, Twitter I just chat shit honestly don't follow me on Twitter <laughs> just find me on Instagram <laughs> uh, cool well Amar thank you you have been a great great guest thank this was you a, this was a great pod I hope you people enjoyed please check out Amar on Instagram and if you're an aspiring influencer, please take heed to a word. You even got them for free, you get me? So <laughs> make use of this free, this free gist. But yeah, until <laughs> next week, people, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.